Campus for Pylons is a look back at the almost forgotten beginnings of flag football. This occasional series intends to take a walk down memory lane and talk with the players, coaches and administrators involved in flag football's formative years. Is this the right room for an argument? You better believe it is. If it's a fight you're looking for, you've come to the right place. No Run Zone is a podcast where flag football's discussion points are discussed, using the Socratic dialogues that settle differences, or just a good old dust-up. Choose your weapons. This is a Jumpers for Pylons podcast on behalf of First and Fifteen. Uh, what we're going to do today is I've got three junior players, or former junior players, should I say, from the very, very beginnings of flag football in the UK. Um, a couple you may have not even have heard of now, but are absolute legends of the game. Uh, and another uh, one is now within the senior ranks of flag football, and you may have heard of him. But what we'll do, um, first off, um, introduce Rachel Hull, formerly of Chorley Buccaneers from 2003 to 2010. Um, that stopped playing flag in 2007. Um, the reason you probably don't know so much about her these days is she now resides after getting a, uh, ironically, a football, as in soccer, scholarship over there. Hi, Rachel. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Still got most of your uh, <laughs> original Lancashire, Lancashire accent there. Um, also joining us today, um, a rather shortened career, but. Uh, Grangemouth Broncos from 2002 to 2003. Um, uh, but, uh, we'll have to go into that maybe uh, maybe in another episode. It sounds like it's probably controversial uh, knowing this character. Stephen G. Andrea. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. And last but by no means least, um, and he hasn't forwarded his bio uh, like uh, the other guests have today. But I really, really should know it. Um, former Leicester Eagle, um, played in, uh, definitely played in uh, some of the, the first uh, five-on-five flag football uh, matches in the, the UK. Um, and so I'm going to guess it's around about 1999 that he, he perhaps started. Um, he's obviously moved, moved on from uh, um, via Coventry Jets and the Rugby Raccoons and not to mention the North Anglia, Luke Gambrell. Hello. 1998, hey, hey. I believe I started. Yeah. Do you know what? That sounds about right. I was just looking. I mean, and what, just, uh, what I'm going to do is refer a lot to, and they're not affiliated to the podcast at all, but BritballNow.co.uk um, has a wealth of uh, information um, about the history of flag football. But we're just going to go in really into um, the kind of the, the, the personalities of it and the feelings of the time. So we're not, not going to be heavily on the dates here. Uh, actually, let's kick off with, with Luke, I suppose, in, in, uh, in order. So, um, again, I know, you, I, I know I know this, but uh, not everybody would go back. If you get involved in flag football. Uh, it, at that point, Jeez, that was the Leicester Eagles. That was a very family-run, I want to say business, but the closest thing that you can get to it. Family was involved, and then I got incredibly jealous going, well, why can't I play? There wasn't anything around for me. 
So pestering, pestering, tears later. Uh, well, you, Andrew, finally come round to the idea and went, all right, fine, you can join. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I didn't quite say it in that tone, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right, actually, yeah, because um, I think at that point Leicester had a junior flash uh, youth programme. What about yourself, Rachel? Did you say me? Yes, I did, Rachel. Sorry, yeah. Uh, how did you get involved? Uh, one of my very, very close childhood friends, um, Lawrence Quinn, had seen a flyer and he asked me, my brother, if we wanted to go with him. From what I know, he had been to one before um, and he really liked it and he wanted both of us to go with him. So we went ahead and went the next weekend with him. It's as easy as that sometimes. Uh, Stephen? What's, what about your first uh, first coming into getting in touch with flag football? Um, it was one of my friends at school, um, Johnny Ewing. He um, he looked at me and actually I used to play a lot of football back then, well, soccer. And um, he looked at my height and I was thinking 13, 14 at the time and I was like six foot one. <laughs> so he... Uh, he interviewed me, oh no, interviewed me, he said to me to come along one time because I was interested in some of the things that, you know, he talked about and, you know, the NFL and stuff. So it was literally just me being asked to come along and see if I liked it or not um, one Saturday because I played my football, soccer on the Sunday. So it worked out for me pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Can you, can you remember any of your, like, your first practice or your first game? Um, probably... My first game was actually the uh, oh, what do you call it? Claymore's Bowl three. Yeah. Um, God, that was something. ago. that was we played um, the Inverness Rockets. I think first time ever. That was my first competitive game, and that was at Murrayfield. Um, and yeah, that was that was a really it was a really really good game because the Inverness Rockets were kind of our. Um, Rivals at that time um, had a really a lot of good players, um, physical players um, for that age, um, and yeah, that that was that was our um, first game as a team really together um, at that time um, to go obviously forward on to the UK Bowl. Fair enough, yeah, and I think I mean that's interesting. You raised something there about the Claymores uh, and something that's that's not really present um, at, at grassroots level. Uh, as much, if at all, is obviously the NFL Europe and and the NFL were were ma was massively involved in sort of uh, kind of the, the the very early days of flag football. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so I mean, did you have, you know, what was your what was your uh, what what did you do through fire the Claymores? We got a lot of um, Scott Cooper at the time. Um, he was. I didn't have a clue who this guy was, but you know, at, at the time I had nothing. I, I was only in American football for about two or three months, um, and this guy kept turning up in practice. And Johnny and you know, a few other people were like, "Oh my God, that's Scott Cooper! He played with the Claymores." And then, you know, they would always come out and they would teach you, you know, route running. They would come out and host a lot of tournaments and a lot of family event filled days, like barbecues, etc. And they held a lot of, you know, tournaments, you know, which gave you the opportunity to go and see a bit of Scotland, go and see a bit of England and a bit of Europe. Um, because if you won the Claymore's Bowl um, that 
meant you were the best team in Scotland, which alluded you to go on to the UK Bowl. And if you won the UK Bowl, which we did, we went into Europe. And it was a it was a really easy way to kind of promote your team at that time because there was a lot of people at that time trying to be the number one team or wanting to be the best team in Scotland um, and the UK. So um, it was a really fun time. It was really, really exciting too. Um, because there was a lot of things for the club and for us to do at that time. Yeah, and I think I think the key thing there is, is um, if I'm right, I know it's certainly uh, when Leicester, I think Leicester Eagles won it after you had, uh, and it was all expenses paid. Um, NFL, NFL Europe, or NFL picked up the bill for the our, our European adventures as well as our trips to uh, Scotland. Is that the same case for you? Yeah, it was the same. We went to uh, Germany. Um, and I think we played in Dusseldorf. It was the old Rhine Fire Stadium, and just outside it, and everything was expensed, paid. We didn't pay anything for the flights, um, hotels, um, the food, everything was all supplied by the NFL Europe. And Scott Cooper, again, he was there um, on behalf of us, um, and it was it was a it really was a fantastic experience because at that time you didn't you weren't I would say playing teams at that level we weren't certainly playing teams at that level and it was a big shock to us when we did go (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you know when we did go and play but no it was a fantastic experience especially just to go and see you know a bit of of Europe I suppose you know what I mean yeah yeah and Luke your first I think your first games uh, I think your first two games were also um, um, with uh, the uh, NFL organisation it was uh, Jerry Anderson who was a tight end the London Monarchs and a, a bit of a Brit ball legend as it was there, but um, you know he, he ran a lot of like, football. But that's probably where your first first two games were. Yeah, um, the first two official time. games. So yeah, I had I a few that. others where I joined in with people that were eight to ten years older than me. At, at that point, yeah, well, I, I was <laughs> at least half the height, if not lower. Yes, I do. You know, I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, I was talking with some of the other coaches, and, and it's like it was, um, it was uh, an unusual time. And uh, yeah, I think, no, I think, looking, uh, you know, talking with other colleagues, the in the record books, I think Crystal Palace or Saffron Lane at Leicester were your first ones. I think so. Saffron Lane, you were with a cadet team, but um, yeah, for Crystal Palace, you were with, yeah, you were playing alongside James Hossack, who is. S- several, you know, at least five years your senior. Yeah, and you think if you're eight or nine, and you know, uh, yeah, and I mean, I mean, what do you remember those those initial games? Uh, the um, ones where I was playing with the older group. Yeah, uh, it was very daunting. Just, yeah. just purely because of the age difference. At that point, all you think of is they're really tall. They're a lot older than me. They're a lot better than me. Yeah, they were. But as as you play through them, you realise that you don't really get anywhere and you kind of felt a bit lost. And then you go into the real world with people your own age, take the learning experience from it and go, oh, oh, I can do this now. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was it was, it was one of those things that was of its time. It was just, just you know, Jerry was very keen to get people uh, playing time. And yeah, it wouldn't uh, happen so. nowadays. No, and I don't. I think I think I think that's the thing. We, were, you know, I was talking with you, the coaches, and it was there was a, uh, you know, the coaches. We all knew each other very well. There was a there was a competitive element to it. I think there was also an understanding that you know there's a, there's there's a, a wide range of players uh, now on the pitch, and so uh, 
uh, you know, the, the, there was a clear instructions to all, um, you know, on both sides that say, uh, you know, just to be, be, you know, play with an awareness. And, you know, and I think it was, uh, you know, and through that it was uh, able to develop because uh, there was, um, there was never any, uh, never, not even any near misses really. It was, uh, it was all well run. And I think everybody involved, players and coaches understood uh, what we were doing with sort of giving these youngsters, you know, yourself a chance because, I'm sure you know Jerry was like. I'd rather Luke was on, sat up in the stands watching. So um, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think it was three of us. Yeah, I think Lisa was. Uh, I think it was Lisa year. and Nush. Yeah, and I think I think I think Birmingham had a range of um, players as well uh, in, in that one. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, Rachel. What was uh, what was your? You know, I think 2003 you started. What was your initial yeah. practices and games like? Um, I don't really remember my first game or my first tournament, but it was probably against um, the Studley Bearcats because any time I think of playing cadet flag, in the very early days, we always seemed to be playing the Bearcats. I'm sure it was at a tournament or the Leicester Eagles. I'm not really sure of, of the years. But I definitely remember my first practice because I was only about 10 or 11 um, Lawrence had been to one training session before me. My brother hadn't been to any, and I knew nothing about American football. <laughs> and I knew that I was probably going to be the only girl, but that was fine. I didn't let it bother me. Um, I was glad that at the time, me, my brother, and Lawrence were on the same team, were in cadet flag together. So that definitely made me feel better. And I believe it was at Holy Cross High School in Chorley. We played on the fields there. There was a few people, but not many. And I would say my cadet team was probably made of about five or six people. That was it. Yeah, yeah. And what, what I mean, a question for all of you um, is, is, you know, what, were you, what, what was the, you know, this is a very, very new sport. It was a new sport and it was a niche part of the new sport as well. You know, what, what, did you, what did your mates think of you uh, playing flag football? Uh, well, at that point, I was eight, nine, ten. So a lot of them. We're just getting around to soccer, starting that in schools. But a lot of them, American football, what is that? No one knew anything about it. So friends at school weren't really that involved, weren't that interested. Didn't lose any friends. I just stayed quiet about it all. It wasn't really until I started playing for Great Britain that they went, oh, OK, what's that about then? Rachel, what were your, what was any, any, any uh, comments from your friends? Uh, when, uh, or family? Yeah, when I first started, it's kind of the same as Luke. I didn't really tell anybody about it because I wasn't sure what they knew I was talking about. Uh, so that was in primary school. But when I got into high school, I remember during one of our first homeroom sessions, we did like a, an icebreaker, get, get to know your classmates kind of thing. And you had to share something interesting about yourself. So I thought it would be a cool thing to mention that not many people would even know or think about. Um, I remember my tutor being very impressed and interested after that a few of my other classmates from different classes asked me about it and the same thing with Luke they didn't really uh, ask any questions or pay any interest until they kind of learned that I started playing playing for the country sorry what was your question again <laughs> 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 completely forgot what we're talking about here now <laughs> flag football 20, yes. 2002 
yeah, yeah, um, uh, family and friends. What were their thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, at, at the time I was playing, I said um, quite a high level of soccer at the time, and they were worried about myself, you know, being injured on a Saturday or, you know, or whatever. Um, that was mainly the main concern, but it, it didn't really hamper me. It actually made me oh, see a lot more fitter um, and improved a lot of my footwork. Um, so I was, I was quite, I was really for my height, I was quite fast, but. Um, my feet were a lot like all over the place when I ran, and with American football, when you have to do route running, etc., it kind of improves your, you know, feet coordination and everything. So, it improved that, um, which I liked. Um, and my friends, well, most of my friends at high school at that time were all playing with me, so there wasn't really much, you know, of a, a big deal. The only time that it got a bit of um, recognition is when um, it was in like the local paper. You know, people would just be curious of you know what we're doing etc um and i suppose i suppose again um actually while steve's there and and uh, uh what did you feel the vibe was at the tournaments because obviously steve you were part of um the scottish flag football association there who were kind of um the, the baffer because obviously uh, rachel and luke would have faced off quite a few times mm-hmm. uh, but so what was you know what was the, what was the vibe at the tournaments then at, at, at um, in the Scottish Flag Football Association? Um, I think uh, I, I would say the first year, um, you know, there wasn't really much as, as a league that we played in. Um, we were playing as a mid squad because we weren't really cadets and we really weren't juniors, so we were kind of like a hybrid team of all the same age. Um, so we were lucky enough to play in a lot of you know cross border um, games, and um, the feeling that we got at the time, especially um, after you know Claymore's bowl, we, I think we beat Inverclyde um, in the final that day, was that you know it was we got to a final and you know we were pretty you know pretty happy with that. I don't think we really had any aspirations long enough to think that we could win it because. At that time, um, there was a, a perception, I can remember, that a lot of the English teams are superior to the ones in Scotland. And, you know, Charlie Ewan, our manager at the time, he was very good at reiterating that. And that's something that stayed, I think, with us as a team. Um, we were, after a lot of you know training and a lot of um, time spent with them, we realised how important that game was going to be um, for us, um, which we ran out winners quite comfortably. But even after that game, we had, we had only won it by six points. But we got told and read, and I think it was in first down, there was an article years ago. And then, fun enough, it might have been Neil Reynolds writing it. I could be completely wrong, but from what I remember, someone had wrote in it who had been at the game and saying that we were very, very lucky to have won it. And, um, you know, it was just bad luck for the, the snipers that day. That was a huge catalyst for us because that, you know, it gave us a kind of chip in our shoulder. And I think a lot of other teams at that time, Scotland too, because there was, again, the perception of, you know, England were better than Scotland. That happens in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of sports, to be fair. <laughs> Scotland's not that good at most sports. Um, but it was it was a good catalyst for us, um, you know, to push on um, at that time. And 
I would say the biggest thing, you know, talking about a vibe going through it was it was it was just really an exciting time. Um, because you know there was a lot of teams that were popping out um, the woodworks um, that were you know going to be the next big thing, and they weren't from England really; they were from Scotland. Um, and it was just a really exciting time to play these teams, and for us it was quite enjoyable because um, you know we beat all of them, so <laughs> it was quite it was quite a, a really good time. But I think, um, as I said, from pushing on from the UK ball to you know, we're in Channel 5 and then going to the next year on from that, we're in the league in Scotland. I think it was like a full circle for us. And it was, I think it was just, you know, satisfaction that we had proved a lot of people wrong. That, you know, it's it kind of sounds that we were quite a driven team, but we were instilled that from Charlie. And I think that's what, you know, to this day is, is, still, is still with a lot of us. Um, and, yeah. I think that was probably the best way to describe it at that time for um, what we went through. Historical footnotes there, and, and like you said, you referenced first down, um, which is obviously uh, folded um, mm-hmm. now, but that was a, the, the, the weekly weekly newspaper, and it was mainly on the NFL, but there was at least two pages dedicated to, to uh, the British game, and flag football would feature in it quite a lot. Um, and yeah, Neil Reynolds was uh, was the driving force behind that, and uh, um, you know he was the he was the editor and, and did a lot of work. And that was it was a it was a it was a, a must buy for anybody mm-hmm. interested in the NFL in in England. Um, and equally, I mean, the other thing you dropped there was that Channel Five, um, <clears throat> Channel Five had a you know uh, or oh, five now isn't it? It's just called Five now. It's a TV station, and that was yeah. back. And I'm thinking there was it was back before the deregulation. It was only the five channels. Uh, and Channel Five featured a lot of American football, but they sponsored mm-hmm. the uh, Channel Five, uh, the Channel Five Trophy, obviously. And I think I know it. I know sort of uh, when when Leicester won it, it was uh, featured on TV. I still got the VHS. I need to get that transferred at some point. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think it was you know, so they you know that was sort of the investment and the recognition uh, by mm-hmm. then. It was, it, it was only and again this is before kind of um, any really kind of. The, the coverage that we have of the NFL now, where where it's quite quite fairly straight, forward to get hold of most games, um, you know, Channel Five, I think, have taken over Channel Four and had the monopoly. But the until the until the playoffs and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. Thanks for those, Steve, because I think that you know today that's not heard of. You know, a, a trophy sponsored by, um, you know, Channel Five. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the trophy and the tournament and. Uh, um, yeah, and it'd been on TV, flag football on, on mainstream TV. <laughs> and it was, it was only a five minute slot on the, on the, on the yeah. weekly program. But, uh, you know, for the youngsters, it was huge to be, you know, on, on, on TV for that. Um, so um, I think I remember doing something for Channel 5. They interviewed me and everything. And it was shown at the very prime time of three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I bet you that's mean, old dad. That's when you know you've made it look. Yep. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I bet you mean old dad wouldn't let you stay up to watch it either. I would have passed out. <laughs> yeah, so would I. So, yeah, I think I was, I think everything was on VHS back then. Yeah, look that, Google that one, kids, VHS. Uh, 
yeah, so yeah, you know, as I was talking of earlier about sort of Rachel and Luke, you obviously played each other quite often. You probably lost count mm-hmm. of the amount of times you faced off. Um, yeah. So, you know, what, what was your what was your view of the um, you know you know the tournaments there? What was the vibe there at the tournaments in those in those days? Rachel, do you want to take this one first? Sure. Um, I would say at the time when I first started playing, it was not only very new to me uh, and my family, but it was a new sport to our country. I'm sure people have heard of American football or seen clips of it uh, on the TV or, or through a movie. That's definitely how I saw it and knew of it. But after getting to know my teammates, I found out that a few of them did follow the game. I had no idea really anything about it. We had um, a lot of players that would travel from quite far out. Some of them rode together on minibuses to get to practice. We had people like me that had no idea about the game but loved the sport in general. We had kids that have never done any type of athletics up until now in their life. But outside of my club, I quickly learned that American football was a tight-knit community in the country just due to the fact that there was very little coverage and knowledge of the sport. Even though we were fierce competitors, we enjoyed having the chance to play against each other and watch all the other athletes in each team grow and improve within the game. This kind of made it special because it was if I was part of something and those within the community were passionate about it too, but those outside of the American football community had no idea what was going on. So it was kind of like we were the beginning of something special and something that was about to get big and we had no idea. Cool. What about you? From your perspective, Luke, what was, uh, you know, how did you kind of uh, look look forward to the tournaments? What was uh, what was the feelings during the tournaments? Uh, I'll ignore the age difference ones, and I'll just go towards the more age centralised ones for me. And yeah. as Rachel said, yeah, it's a very close knit community. There was not very many teams. There wasn't very many players. No one knew the sport, but they were just kind of picking it up as they went along. Um, it was a world without social media at that point. There was very little. I remember the Leicester Eagles having a website, but there was no way to real promote it. So, but everyone still knew each other. They knew everyone's first names, last names, had their phone numbers, did everything. But as to actually going to the tournaments, you never knew what to expect. You couldn't see any footage of them beforehand. There was no blowing up on social media going, oh, look at this catch. It was all, yeah, let's, let's see what you can do. We're here. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, I think uh, I think one thing that kind of uh, does join you all together uh, that you've all got a, um, a history with is being selected for Great Britain. Uh, you've all represented Great Britain um, at, at youth level. Um, you know, um, you know, Steve. What was, uh, you know, what, what was your thoughts on on being on being selected for Great Britain? Uh, <laughs> um, quite surprised um, at the time. Um, I had came down. Um, I think with I think it was Johnny and. I think Charlie and Jimmy from the Broncos, um, they two were also the coaches, and me and Johnny had came down. But um, I think getting selected was kind of a bit of a surprise. Um, 
for myself at the time because um, no shame in telling it um, uh, well I do have a bit of shame I suppose but I wouldn't say that I was the best behaved um, guy at that time and uh, somebody may have broke curfew for a couple of minutes um, and um, I'd uh, (laughs) I'd went back in the next morning um, I was sharing a room with I can never remember his name. We used to call him Nigel all the time. Um, <laughs> I can't remember why he did that. But uh, I came out and there's Jimmy and uh, Charlie's. Uh, I don't know who spotted me. Uh, I don't know who, how I got caught or anything, but um, I got an absolute um, rollicking, to say the least, um, from both of them. Um, and I don't think I really got one from yourself, Andrew, uh, or Ian. I just um, it was one of those things you weren't, you know, you weren't angry, you were just disappointed um, at that time. So it was a bit of a surprise, I suppose. But um, I think um, at the time it was it was a pretty bother for me because I'd never been a captain of any American football team, and the amount um, you know trust that you guys showed me at that time was was a huge huge help to me. Cool. Uh, you were you, you also got selected for Great Britain. What was your, you know, how does that even? How do you even just put that into description of how that feels? I remember the first GB trial that I went to, and maybe it was in two thousand and four. So I had barely been playing a year, and I went with Lawrence and my brother, and uh, Ian Nicholson was with us too. I have memories of it just being extremely exhausting. It was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. I was only like 12 years old. It was a bunch of people that I didn't know. My brother then had moved up into junior flag. So it was me and uh, Lawrence were in, the cadet, were in the cadet trials together. I was away from my parents. We, spent there, we were there for the weekend. I was nervous the whole time because I had no idea what to expect. And then... I knew I wasn't going to get picked because I was brand new to the game. But the funniest thing I remember from the first time I went was the next morning I woke up and I couldn't even get out of bed. My body hurt so bad I had to (laughs) yell for my dad to come and get me. Um, But then the next time I went, uh, it was me. And I think one of my other teammates, Elliot, came with me. And again, Ian was with us. He drove us there. I remember there being a lot more of the elite athletes uh, just because the game had had grown over the past couple of years there were a few boys from Scotland there so I didn't know that that was kind of a surprise to me I thought it was cool at the same time uh again I was the only girl there so I kind of kept my to myself or tried to stay with Elliot as much as I could but obviously there were times when we got split up or put into different groups I would say I was more prepared mentally and physically at that point for it. So I felt like I had tried my best and did everything that I thought I could do. Um, I just remember in the afternoon of the last day of the weekend, we had a, we had scrimmages. So we were split into three teams. And I think it quickly became clear to everybody what each team meant. It was though there was an A, B and C team. A, B and the team that had the best athletes on. So everybody was like, well, that, that team's going to get picked. And I was placed on the B team. So I was kind of upset, and I was like, you know, I've I've blown it. I'm not going to make it. This is my last chance. But as we started playing, I remember within the team, like people got moved from position to position, and something hit me, and I said, this is my last chance to show these coaches that I can do this and that I'm worthy of representing my country. 
And I specifically remember being on defense for a drive and I was just, just making as many tackles as I could and stopping the ball where I could and I made an interception. And I ran that ball all the way to the end zone and scored. So then the next drive, I was on offense, and I was make just again just trying to do my best, make it catch after catch, and run the ball as hard as I could. And then onto defense, and I made another interception, and I could hear people yelling for me and cheering for me. And I always remember afterwards, Coach Nicholson said to me, uh, as I stood on the other side of the field, I could hear the coaches yelling your name. So I turned around and watched you run the interception uh, into another touchdown, and he said, "I knew at that moment they had to pick you." And so we took a water we took a water break, and the coaches made some announcements. I moved from the B team to the A team, and that was it. At the end of the day, I got picked. Oh man, you're making me cry. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember. I you know what I was stood next to. I actually remember what that. I remember when you you talked about that earlier, and I was stood next to you, uh, for that second score. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he was as pleased as Prince, that's for sure. Sorry, Andrew, sorry, I mean, sorry, no, don't try to steal your thunder here. But what um, Rachel just said there about the whole, you know, I went and talked about basically how much of an idiot it was. And the actual process of what everything was in that um, training over the last couple of days, I completely agree with Rachel. It was kind of mind blown for me, too, that it was so hard and it was so difficult. (laughs) It was so intense. I've never been even in a soccer stance in a soccer way of training that intense training and that much self-determination that you needed to get, actually get through just a day mm-hmm. of the training. Do you know what I mean? So, no, I completely agree with Rachel. That's a really, really good point you made. Yeah, fair point, Steve. Thanks for that. Um, Luke, uh, obviously uh, yeah, you've uh, I, mean, I mean, I suppose the first thing is uh, on your first selection, you actually declined, to, you declined the offer to play. Yeah, I'm not sure if anyone else has really done this, apart from financial reasons. <laughs> a lot no. of people will probably look at it now and go, oh, you're an idiot. Why didn't you go and do that? Well, for a perhaps 10-year-old doing it, it was the first time I was going to leave the country, and I was going, uh, what do I do? Yeah. So, yeah, I've got no regrets looking back at it and going, I made the wrong decision, because years later and... I still managed to get my enjoyment out of it. I still managed to play for Great Britain. Maybe if I didn't and it didn't continue, I would have regretted it. But no, got no regrets. And yeah, no, no. I think uh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, uh, it was the right decision at that time. Um, I couldn't afford to go with you, and so I think Gemma was the your your cousin, your older cousin was a coach. But um, I think at that time it was. It was it was a really uh, you know it's a really kind of uh, a, a quite a brave and mature decision to take, uh, but I, I I understood it and endorsed it. Um, but then you know, one year later, yeah. you're you get you get asked to play again, and you and you accept. Um, yeah, I accepted that one. I think you were a coach <laughs> at that point, so I went okay. Yeah, you're going fine. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing is, still Gemma as a coach at that point as well. So I had another family member. I think that Lisa was, got selected. Yeah, I so wasn't there. That was another Spain. family member. Oh, no, yeah, that was the only one that you didn't. I didn't go. To, I wasn't. I wasn't part of the coaching staff. That was two thousand. So that might be two thousand and two. I think. So yeah, but you know, how was so, so? You know, what was it? What were your thoughts on getting selected the second time round? From what I can remember, I mean, firstly, I just want to put out there that I had a lot more energy than I do now. 
I could play on both <laughs> sides of the ball. I didn't get tired after one run. Yeah. It was an easier time back then. But yeah, it was still intense. Two full days of proper training, proper drills, different coaches where you didn't know how they were going to coach you. You didn't know how they were going to respond to the way that you did things. No one really told you that you're doing things wrong, which was nice. It was more of, here's how to improve yourself, which is then how I progressed as a coach and went, okay, don't tell anyone and just improve them, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but as a whole, yeah, getting selected, I didn't really understand it at that point. I, I just thought, yeah, it's, it's great. I get to go abroad and play for my country, which, again, at that point, didn't really understand and just enjoyed my time while I was there. That's an interesting insight, I suppose, where, you know, where the age comes into it. And, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, Steve, who was probably the older of the three of you. Um, yeah. The, would have, you know, perhaps had a bit more of a, an understanding and therefore felt more of the pressure than uh, the younger two. Um, and, and I just want to talk really about, you know, what it's, what's it like to step on the field or, or you know, I think, uh, or, or, you know, sometimes with presentations, you know, what, you know, Steve, what's it that, that that first moment where you're actually on Great Britain duty? What's the how does that how does that how do you recall that? Um, it was very. Uh, you're talking about when we went to Italy, yeah. Yeah, yes, that was your that was your uh, that was your that was your one only one yeah because you only played that year, didn't you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it was it was really. At that time, for the age group that we were in, it was really, really professional, especially how we conducted ourselves. Um, we had yourself, we had Ian, we had Gemma, we had, um, I think, James also. Um, it was a really, um, it was quite nerve-wracking, I suppose, also, because, again, a lot of us, we had, you guys had, you know, got a team of, I think it was, was it four Scottish and four English guys all together? Yep. Um, yep. And you know, every one of us there was not one of us that didn't get on each other. It was it was such it was such a funny team. It really was. Um, I think uh, it was you know team spirit wise. You you guys had created a really good team, but at the same time you'd instilled us a lot more professionalism when it comes to American football on how we um, conducted ourselves when we were eating. Before we would um, play, etc., there was a lot more like routine to it, um, and I think it was. Uh, as I said, I, I didn't, I didn't feel really nervous about any of the games. I was just realistically happy to be there, and I think um, a lot of the Scottish guys, maybe except from Johnny, felt way more pressure because they guys had been on Great Britain teams before, and from what I heard, obviously the, the year before. Um, the 2003 campaign it was it wasn't the best um, so there was a lot of um, you know pressure I think Johnny had and I don't know if any other players were with GB the year before but there seemed to be a lot more pressure on the guys for it to, to actually win so um, yeah it was it was just a, I think it was a different way for me to conduct myself especially when we trained um, and when we got together as a team there was much more of a um Base for us, a foundation anyway, for us to to go to go forward from. Okay, and Luke, I, I mean that's that's really interesting, like what you said about the last time. Kind of a, at such a young age, it, 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 the the weight of expectation perhaps wasn't so heavy. 
So, you know, was there a point in your, you know, you, you played for Great Britain um, a number of times, actually. I'm trying to think, how many times was it you got selected for Great Britain? Uh, selected five times, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, was there a point at that stage where the kind of the weight of expectation landed or was by the time the time, by the time the realisation came, had you got enough experience to be kind of uh, a little bit cooler with it? So I think it was the third time. So the second time that I'd actually been selected and accepted it. So I think it was halfway through that point in training there on the first day that we got there, they went, oh, this is actually a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So I think that was Bologna. So Bologna was 2003. Yeah, so you went to 2002 Barcelona. 2003, yes, Bologna, that's Italy. That's the one that Steve was at. So yeah, I think so, it was that one that yeah, it yeah. kind of really hit me and went, okay, this actually means quite a big thing. And I'm going to look at this in the future and go, look what I did. Before that, I think it was just a bit of fun. I didn't understand any of it. Okay. So, yeah, so basically that second year, it, uh, yeah, and, and it just shows sort of like uh, how, how, how quickly children are, are developing and your, your different perception. And, and, you know, and sort of, uh, you know, retrospectively, um, what was your, you know, when you look back now, what's your uh, any abiding memories from from that time? Uh, drinking Gatorade. <laughs> that, that is one of my fondest memories, and I think that was the first time. So I think that was Spain. So it was drinking Gatorade, we weren't sure what flavour it was. <laughs> yeah, but then there was that we had a. a like a national football song at that point as well, which was played everywhere we went, which was unfortunately the uh, last ketchup song. Okay. Yeah, I have vague memories of that. Uh, but other than that, it was a great time getting to know people. So yeah. there's everyone that I've played with previously on either a Great Britain team, an England team or a club team, made friends with them. I've then stayed in contact with them. It's friendships that you can't really change, evolve, do anything with at that point. But now that we've got the world of Facebook, it's a lot easier to get back in touch with them. And you can reconnect yeah. and go, do you remember this? And everyone goes, oh, yeah, that was great. Let's talk more. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good point. And Rachel, I think you, you were quite, so I definitely remember you at, um, in this, well, we, we we say Spain, but we were actually in Gran Canaria off the African yes, coast. Yes, that's it right. A, uh, and I remember um, this this quiet young girl um, <laughs> on the field, off the field, but then on the field, uh, a, a bit of a tiger. Um, I mean, what was your, <laughs> you know, how, you know, you know, the age? So, how old were you? How old were you then? At, at, at that? I was in year seven. That's all I remember. Oh my stars! That's. <laughs> just blow my mind yeah <laughs> I, I mean and what was it i mean at, at that time sort of you know pulling on the jersey stepping on the field is it, or is it even just getting onto the onto the plane with the team what was yeah it? i would say that was definitely the biggest part i kind of had the same um attitude at first as luke did because i was so young i'd never been on a plane before i'd never been out the country um and suddenly i was being asked to get on a plane without my mum and my dad with a bunch of people i didn't even know 
So yeah. I was like, I knew it was something that I wanted to do and I kind of felt like I had to do it. I was really excited about it, but the nerves around the whole thing were definitely the biggest part. Not necessarily just the fact that I'm going to play American football for my country, but just nervous about the whole process of it. Um, I would say that was definitely one of the biggest things. But uh, there's a huge difference between the first time, like when I was in year seven, that was when it was cadet flag. And like you said, we're in the Canary Islands. Just everything was brand new to me. I was very quiet because I had no idea what I, what I was doing. But I definitely enjoyed it. And I think the training and the playing definitely helped me uh, get closer and become friends with the guys that I was there with. That was definitely one of the biggest parts. That made me feel more comfortable. Um, the second time I was in junior flag at that point and I was a lot more confident, um, I knew a lot more people and a lot of people knew me. So it was kind of, everybody was there to outperform the other person. It was friendly, but it was very competitive. I'd say it was a lot different. And this, that second time when I was playing for the junior flag, the training went a lot more towards the classroom side than it did just being on the field. So I remember training and meeting up and we spent time in the classroom going over plays, um, watching some video, uh, talking about strategy, that kind of stuff. I would say that was definitely one of the biggest differences. Okay, cool. And and I guess, I suppose, I just got, uh, um, I mean, you were all in Bologna in 2003. Um, and um, I think it's probably... British flag football's one of the finest moments. Um, um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish with Steve uh, on this, but kind of uh, Rachel, Luke, uh, obviously the cadets did well, but uh, and we perhaps will go into this on a, another episode. But um, watching the juniors win the European Championship against Germany, uh, you know, do you have any recollections from that, Rachel? I remember. I definitely remember all the cadets playing first I think because we were playing for the third place position is that right we played the yeah, Netherlands I think so I think. yeah and I remember I was playing first and then everybody waited and we watched the juniors play and I just remember how excited everybody was and we were kind of relieved because we had already played our final so now we had time we could watch them and everybody was just pumped up it was it was a lot of fun <laughs> any re recollection from you Luke uh, I always remember Germany having a great team. They're always a lot taller. They're always a lot more aggressive. They had a better system in place for such a long time. So they had advanced a lot more. Yeah. But then as soon as you saw the first play from our guys, you went, oh, they're doing stuff. We can do this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks there to Steve... Luke and Rachel. Um, at that point of the interview, as you may have more, may not have noticed, um, the technology decided it was the end of the podcast. Um, to be fair, we had finished our questions, and so that was the end of it. So uh, this has been a first and fifteen podcast. This was 
jumpers for pylons and as you can tell i'm struggling to remember everything because i'm without my script in front of me but thanks everyone um that was for, that was the youth edition of jumpers for pylons uh, speaking to the youth players um thanks to claire for her editing skills um maybe she can tidy this segment up as well who knows but thanks everyone we have future um a podcast coming your way um, next up we've probably got uh, the senior league uh, podcast the history of the senior league which starts way back in the 90s um, hopefully have that with you soon thanks goodbye